Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Sandy Max is also here. So is Greg Matzik. Debbie Lozick has got your roads. Adam Roberts is producing the show this afternoon. Hope you're having a good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. We'd like to kind of go around the horn and describe who we think had a good weekend. All right, I'll go first. You know who had a good weekend? Kirsten Johnson. Last month, she resigned for her position as City of Milwaukee's health commissioner. She says that she was shamed. She says it wasn't a good work environment, and she was out of there. She used the word heartbroken when she decided to resign. Well, now she's been named Wisconsin Department of Health Services Secretary by Governor Tony Evers. She starts her new gig coming up here on February 27th. Kirsten Johnson had a pretty good weekend. Sandy, who had a good weekend? Professional bowler E.J. Tackett. (laughs) (laughs) He is your 2023 U.S. Open champion. The PBA uh, season has kicked off yesterday. I was there in Indianapolis to witness the win. There's a lot of layers to it, but he came in devastatingly second in this championship last year. And he won it this year? Yeah, so he won it this year. It's his 17th PBA title. Young man from Indiana. And uh, now is the ninth PBA player to have the triple crown. So... So you were he working had a at the really tournament. You, yeah. you do this cool thing. You're like the in-game host, if people are familiar with that, with the Bucks and with the Brewers. And we're going to hear some of your work coming up later on in the show. That's going to be so much Part fun. Part of those weekend telecasts, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. All right, Greg, who had a good weekend? Well, annoyingly, Aaron Rodgers did. He finally gets his oh, name on the God. Wall of Champions. <laughs> Look, your name goes on the Wall of Champions at the yeah. first tee at Pebble Beach. You had yourself That's a pretty a good, good weekend. weekend. You got right? that right. That's good stuff. He joins Tiger, Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, all the greats. Despite his NFL future being up in the air, he won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am with his playing partner, Ben Silverman. Yes, indeed, Aaron Rodgers had himself a great weekend. He sure did. All right, Adam, who had a good weekend? It was a great weekend for all 15,600 of us that passed through the Wisconsin Center doors last weekend at Anime Milwaukee. We talked a little bit about it on the show on Friday. I told you I was meeting with Martha Harms, Elm Grove, Wisconsin native, voice actress. Well, I also attended a panel with her on Sunday where her father, Scott, also participated in the panel, and I could see and hear he was very, very proud of the work that she had done. Everyone was having a great time, good food, good cosplay. It was an excellent convention, and I'm really looking forward to next year when it will be in March, not in early February, so maybe it'll be a little bit warmer than the two degrees it was (laughs) Friday morning. Yeah, it was chilly for sure. All right, up next, Sherry Tussler is the executive director of the Hunger Task Force. Hunger in Wisconsin, it is a real thing. We dive in. Coming up after the break. Extra food stamp allotments are ending at the end of the month as some of those COVID restrictions get rolled back and things change. Our friend Sherry Tussler is the executive director of the Hunger Task Force, and she is with us live in the studio. Sherry, thank you so much for being with us. Glad to be here. I want to start with a broad question. I think when you live in a lot of our neighborhoods, you take for granted that hunger is still a real thing. Give us an idea and some perspective. Paint the picture. How real is hunger for some in southeast Wisconsin? Well, in southeast Wisconsin and Milwaukee specifically, one in four families is relying on food share. Wow. One in four, which means quarter of a million people just in Milwaukee County are getting those food share allotments. And when the emergency allotments end this month, 
those people will lose on average $95 per person per household in benefits. Wow. And seniors in particular are going to take the hardest blow of all, having their benefits reduce from a current high of $281 to $23 per month. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's stunning. So I know it's hard to generalize, but when that happens, when this will happen and other things like this have happened in the past, how do people cope? What kind of decisions are they forced to make? Well, um, they're going to have to make some really grim decisions between things like their utility bills, which we know are also at an all-time high. Um, inflation is impacting food costs, and so they're going to have to eat fewer meals, cheaper meals, when they start skipping meals in order to feed their children, or they skip meals altogether because they don't have food in the house. Those are the grim realities of losing those food share benefits. And I assume you have seen this on the horizon. And how do you and your team at the Hunger Task Force prepare for this? Well, here's the tough part is the food share program, they call it SNAP or the Supplemental mm-hmm. Nutrition Assistance Program federally, mm-hmm. represents 74% of the o- overall federal investment in hunger programs. The commodity programs that we operate that serve people here in Milwaukee County and supply food pantries, 1%. Wow. So you go from taking 74% of the benefits away down to 1%. And the state right now is directing people who lose their benefits to go to food pantries, which there's no way. There's just no simple way that charity can make up for the loss of a billion dollars in annual revenue to the state of Wisconsin. That's some serious perspective. Yeah. Will you see more people? Will you, are you already knowing that you're going to see a lot more people or people that you see maybe more often than you would have in the past? Well, it's one coping strategy, but honestly, when people lose their ability to purchase food, what they'll do is first turn to family and friends, and then um, eventually they'll look to charity for that kind of help. And so I would anticipate by like the summer, we should see some serious hardship for people, and especially when the schools recess, um, the kids lose their breakfast and lunch that's provided by the school. And so it's going to get very difficult, I would assume, by summer. Jerry Tesler is the executive director of the Hunger Task Force. And are you then almost completely reliant on contributions, donations from regular citizens like us and corporate partners? How, how do you make the most impact during this? Is it too much to call it a crisis after March 1st? It'll be a crisis. I have no doubt about that. Um, we do rely on corporations, foundations, individuals in the community. And they make up about two-thirds of the total food that we get. We are the trusted partner of the USDA for those federal commodity programs, but that's only about a third of the total. So altogether, on a regular year, 10 million pounds of food are distributed to the 51 food pantries that we support here in Milwaukee County, the homeless shelters and soup kitchens. It's just not going to be enough. It's as simple as that. Sherry, so I was in the grocery store about a month ago. And there was a lady with a cart full of food in front of me, and she put all the cart up, and she was getting getting rung up, and she asked the cashier, "Can you let me know when I get 150? When I get to 150, on the thing?" She got to 150. She had about 10 things left in the cart, and one was a bag of donuts, those little tiny donuts that Hostess makes. And so she said to the lady, "Okay, I, I got to put this back, and I just put this over the side." And her son, who was like five, said, "Mom." We never get anything fun anymore at the grocery store. You told me last time that if I was good, we could get them this time. And she said, honey, we can't afford it. That's anecdotal, but how real are these grocery prices, which are up 12% if you look at all the categories at least? How devastating is that to people in our community that are struggling to pay their bills and buy their groceries? 
it's really hard. People become unintentional vegetarians. People will load up wow. more on carbohydrates. Um, and when they do that, it impacts their health. Um, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, all of those things are caused by eating too many ramen noodles and macaroni and cheese. Yep. But they're going to go for those foods because they're cheaper. And they'll satisfy the hunger, but they're not going to make people healthy. So we did a story last week on how the fastest growing food retailer in America are the dollar stores. And, you know, they sell what you just described. They don't sell fresh produce at all, and many of them don't sell any fresh meat. So when you hear that the number, the fastest growing food retailer in America is like Family Dollar and the dollar store, what's your reaction to that? It's just troubling. It's it's really honestly worse than relying on that bodega or the gas station because that is not a normal place to shop for food. Um, it's not a way to raise your children, and if you're a senior and your health is involved, you need access to healthy and fresh foods, including produce, meat, and dairy. And those are some of the foods that you're able to provide. We do, and we have. Um, throughout the course of the pandemic, um, we ran something called the Dairy Recovery Program. So we actually were buying the spilled milk ah, uh, and making sure that farmers yeah. were going to be okay through this process as well. And so we were distributing fresh milk instead of boxed shelf-stable milk. Um, we got cheese out to people. Um, we're currently doing something called the Badger Box, which is 100% Wisconsin foods packed into a box that goes out to people. They get it once a month. Wow. And it's kind of a cool and amazing thing. Yeah. We're hoping that we're going to be able to continue it. But those boxes are filled with nothing but fresh and wholesome foods. And that's, that's what people cool. really need. What are you most in need of right now? Cereal. The government canceled orders of cereal that they were supposed to deliver to us. Um, cereal is getting very expensive. And yep. with the war in Ukraine, where a lot of grains come yep. from, um, we're seeing an impact, or an impact right here in Milwaukee. Even oatmeal? Or are you thinking box cereal? Oatmeal, box cereal, oh. pancake mix. But if you do the pancake mix, make sure it's got the milk and the eggs in it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about peanut butter? Peanut butter is um, one of those things that you can have for breakfast, lunch, or supper. Yep. So we're always happy to get peanut butter. If people want to help, what's the easiest way, Sherry, for them to help? What What do you... You told me what you're most in need of. What do you need people to do? How can people help if they want to make a difference? There are a couple of things that they can do. They can go online and make a contribution at HungerTaskForce.org. They can pick up that extra food item at the grocery store and bring it to Hunger Task Force, or they can volunteer. Because the other thing that was really impacted during COVID was the loss of volunteers. And our soup kitchens here in town right now are not fully open because we don't have enough volunteers. Mm. I didn't even think of staffing on that level. You hear about yeah. being understaffed yeah. in restaurants and other retail places, but I didn't think about being understaffed on volunteerism. Uh, what's the website? HungerTaskForce.org. Okay, it's that easy. HungerTaskForce.org. Sherry Tussler is the executive director of the Hunger Task Force. Such an important topic, Sherry. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks for letting me come in. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Hey, Rose Gray joins us coming up in about five minutes here. But first, this story. It's Valentine's Day. Romance is in the air. What's more romantic than Cracker Barrel? Mm. Mm. Cracker Barrel, the restaurant <laughs> chain, has announced that five lucky couples will have the chance to win free Cracker Barrel for a year. Here's what they got to do. You need to get engaged in a Cracker Barrel. 
And then you need to post it on your social medias with a caption on why you decided to get engaged at the iconic restaurants. And then they will draw from all the people that do this. And five couples will get Cracker Barrel free for a year. Hmm. There's one right there by the Brat Stop on I-94. You know, now people that are getting engaged, it's all about you hire a photographer to capture it while they're hiding in the bushes. And you do it in hot air balloons. And uh, my girl would never get engaged at a Cracker Barrel. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you said to Emily... I think we're going to get engaged in a Cracker Barrel. Well, I would never tell her, right? It would have to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, so what would her, what would her surprise. reaction be if you got engaged in a Cracker Barrel? She would have still said yes. Of course. I have no doubt about that. Of and course. we'd be enjoying a nice meatloaf once in a while throughout the course of the year. You could get the breaded chicken for you could do that. as much as Some you want. Steamed carrots and biscuits. They I, cut up bacon and their mac and cheese. You get engaged at Cracker Barrel, your entire wedding theme is done. Yes, you've you, got catering set up as well. You can register at the, that general store gift shop next door. God, Jars of jam and quilts and Who's teddy genius. bears. Don't they have rock candy there, they too? They sure do, Sandy. You're damn right. See? That is disgusting. The centerpieces of your wedding can be those little peg games. Or that maybe sounds that's the, great. That's a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of open bar, it's... Unlimited sweet tea. That sounds fantastic. And grits this, this for is everyone. Nice. This yeah. is nice. I uh, see nothing wrong with it. I think it's kind you of ought charming. You are engaged in a Cracker Barrel coming up then. <laughs> you got time. This weekend, let's make some plans. Well, between February 10th and 16th. What is today? The 6th? Today is so, the yeah, 6th this weekend. This, this is Valentine's weekend. You could get engaged in a Cracker Barrel over a basket of fried <laughs> You could pickles. do worse. People get picky. You could do worse. You could get married in one. <laughs> Your, your family and friends could sit in the rocking chairs and watch you. You yes. do it in the parking lot. And like Greg said, just it's catered. You go right in. That's fantastic. Romance. Love is in the air. Good well, luck, What's everybody. the matter with fried pickles and biscuits? Uh, everything. That's good. <laughs> a little dipping sauce, right? I like the thought of those little the little peg game. That oh, was yes. a great That's visual. fun? Yeah. Or you know how sometimes you put the ring in the champagne glass? Again, I think the ring, you fish for it at the bottom of that sweet tea. Yeah, you oh. propose, and then you dab your uh, your future spouse's face with uh, the ranch dressing that's stuck to the side of her face or his face because of the fried pickles. <laughs> Five couples. I hope one of them's from Wisconsin. Oh, they've done it. No, no, we're no, they're you, going to. Oh, they're going to get five. engaged. They're going to do five. They expect mm. that many people to get engaged. Oh, for sure. That, that it will then be a random drawing. Oh, what if you're like the eighth? Oh, then you're out of yeah, luck. Like you just didn't know. Mm-hmm. What Brand. if Waffle House is going to get competitive and, and try this as Good a challenge? Day. Yeah. It's 442 at WTMJ. All day we've been looking forward to talking to Rose Gray. She's just back from Antarctica in South America. The conversation up next. Rose Gray is with us in the studio. You hear the Rose Gray Show from 9 to 10 on Saturdays here on WTMJ. Hi, Rose. Hey, how are you? I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> so not many people get to take the trip that you just took. It was to Antarctica, South America. My goodness, how cool was it? It, it was actually, I, I, I got back on Thursday at noon, and I'm finally able to verbalize some of what I saw because it was so incredibly overwhelming and exceeded all my expectations. How do you get to Antarctica? Tell us so, kind of the itinerary. Yeah, so we flew to Buenos Aires, overnighted there, it was 80 degrees. The next day we flew to Ushuaia. <laughs> that is the end of the world as we know it. Um, I couldn't get that song out of my head. And apparently <laughs> there's a little... Uh, uh, military base that's in Chile called Port Williams mm-hmm. that argues that they are the n- s- farthest south, <laughs> but they're not a city. 
So I would hang out in Ushuaia if I could. And it's summer there and it's like 55 degrees. And yeah. all, every uh, granola crunching, Birkenstock wearing hippie lives there. I love them all. <laughs> they were phenomenal. And, and it's Patagonia at its best and it's mountains and it's, it's adventure and all that. Then you board your expedition ship. And you then leave the Beagle Channel and you go through the Drake Passage. And that is a two-day event coming and going. So that's where there was the issue. One of the ships got in trouble that's in the right. Drake. Yep. And so that when when that happened, lots of people said, are you worried about that kind of thing? The rogue wave. Remember yeah. that? The rogue wave. Yep. So on the way there, it's either the Drake Lake or the Drake Shake. And we had the lake going out and we had the shake coming Really? Back. Eight meter swells <gasps> on the return. So what does that feel like on your ship? Yeah, uh, 26 feet waves that are rocking this Vessel that holds 198 passengers, so not a giant ship at all. About half the people were confined to their cabins for at least 12 to 24 hours. Yep. Were you? How'd you do? I was not. I was not. I, I just, I've just always been one of those lucky people that don't have any motion sickness, don't have any, any kind of seasickness. And I was prepared. I had boning just in case that happened, but I didn't have it, luckily. That's how you make memories, though. Yeah. You know, like you will never forget that yeah. feeling and that, that oh, part absolutely. of the journey. A, a shower was out of the question. You would have been, you would wow. have been hurt if you tried yeah. to take a shower sure. because it was rocking so violently. What is Antarctica like? So tell us uh, it, about getting to Antarctica. It, it, it's, it's crazy. So you, we stopped at a couple places. We got a bonus landing because the Drake crossing was so smooth that we got a bonus landing at Ooh. one of the little islands. And then we did um, South Shetland and then, bam, stood my put two feet on Antarctica, my seventh continent. Wow. And it was, it was, uh, mind blowing. It was, uh, I was speechless. I cried. I cried. That's I, so amazing. Do you yeah. see wildlife? Do you see oh white God. as far as you can see? Pit, What's it like? Yeah, it's white as far as you can see. I mean, there are, and I've been to Alaska how many times? 12, 15, whatever it is. And I've seen millions of gorgeous glaciers and gorgeous icebergs. Nothing like this. Nothing. The feel of it, the lack of sound, the gigantic icebergs that are literally lunging up and down in the, in the water. Penguins, <laughs> penguins, Gen 2 penguins, hundreds of of them um we we just saw everything seals fur seals leopard seals we saw some whales not as many as i would have liked but they they were there nonetheless Mm. uh just unbelievable and the expedition team on the ship norway sweden greenland the uk Mm -hmm. australia and they all had a different uh, subject matter that they were experts in. So one was the whale guy, one was the bird guy, one was the uh, iceberg guy, and they always had lectures when we weren't off the ship. Is that what you do for entertainment? Yeah. Is that kind because of, yeah. it's educational, right? It's a big Very educational so. thing. Yes, and and when people say, "Did was it relaxing?" Absolutely not. So when they said, yeah. "You know, your color group is going now; it's your turn," you would have your waterproof pants on. Then you went down to the mudroom. Then you got on mm-hmm. your muck boots. You got on your uh, parka that they provided. You got on your life jacket. You got on all of your heavy equipment. They had already taught you how to get in and out of the zodiacs. You disinfect before you leave the ship. You disinfect when you get back on the ship so you're not bringing mm-hmm. any invasive species seeds eggs any of that kind mm-hmm. of thing they're so incredibly careful about the ecosystem of this precious precious land what an adventure for you rose because yeah. you know we listen to you every saturday and know how well traveled you are so to hear you like almost be reinvigorated for your love for travel now that you've done your bucket list antarctica yeah and it, it, that's just wonderful it, it just travel and a change of scenery 
just really invigorates. It's a couple of pictures I took where I captured captioned them. It's a good day to be Rose Gray uh-huh. because it, I sometimes just sit back and say that to myself yep. because I'm so lucky. John, you're so lucky. We we travel a lot and we're very very blessed. Yeah, and true. those who don't travel by choice, I get it. It's it. You're out of your mm-hmm. comfort zone mm-hmm. big time. But those of you who are looking for that next great adventure, this could be it. What was the weather like? Uh, never below thirty. So comfortable. Yeah. When we when we landed, there was snow. And I think that's part of the reason I got a little teary eyed, because it was what I thought it was going to be hood up, uh, earmuffs on, holding my seven sign that I brought along (laughs) with snowflakes coming at me. So I, I felt like, thank you, gods of travel and weather for making it be exactly special. But, uh, yeah. And they're, and again, so incredibly cautious. Five meters or more away from penguins. They never, ever are intrusive when it comes to the whales or the seals mm-hmm. or anything like that. You don't want to disturb them. You don't want to scare them. This is their world, not ours. Mm-hmm. So, so is it, do you like walk around a little bit? Like, yeah. Is there a logical, is there a dock? Like, how do you get off? Like, There is not a dock. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's very, very scary and precarious to get off these Zodiacs, but they have trained you. I didn't even know what a seaman's grip was. No. I do now. You don't just hang on to somebody's mm-hmm. hand. You, you hang on to their forearm, mm-hmm. and that's how you get on and off these Zodiacs. And here's another thing. There's no messing around. They're, we're not laughing, joking mm-hmm. when people can't. Uh-uh. This is serious. This is how you get on the Zodiac. This is how you get out of the Zodiac. This this is up to your thighs, so I'm going to have to help you mm-hmm. traverse this area. This is very slippery. And then there were uh, flags that the expedition team would put out before we landed. They would go in a Zodiac ahead of us and say, this is off limits. There's a colony mm-hmm. right here, and there's chicks right here, and we don't want you to mm-hmm. bother them. This is where you walk. This is where you walk. Don't mm-hmm. cross this. And they don't, again, kid around. They don't say, oh, you accidentally stepped. No, uh-uh. That, n- not at all. And for... Your information, anybody that tells you that penguins stink, they do really badly. (laughs) But they're so cute, Rose. They are so cute. But um, penguin poop mixed with whatever else is in that (laughs) environment. Think about the zoo and multiply that by about 10. So, But I wouldn't have missed one minute of it. I wouldn't have missed a landing. I wouldn't have missed a sailing. I wouldn't have missed a lecture. I, I didn't want to miss a thing. Were there buildings? A few. There were a few research centers. Um, you could see one little grove of uh, buildings, and then you could see the Argentinian flag painted on it, so you knew it was an Argentinian research center. And then there's Port Lockroy. Lots of people know about Port yeah. Lockroy because that's how you can actually mail a postcard from Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I said I was about to land on Port Lockroy, 17 people said, you're going to mail me a postcard? You're going to mail me a postcard? <laughs> so I did. So Very well yeah, done. Yeah. What is the cuisine of Antarctica? There must be something special that you eat there. Well, I don't think so. I think it's a lot of seafood. So, and you have to Your re- favorite. Your, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and you also have to remember this. Unlike cruise ships that can stop in ports and pick up food along the way, yeah. they have to have everything for a nine-day sailing on board. Mm-hmm. So I, I will tell you this, there, everything was fresh and everything was wonderful and there were vegetables and fruit and all of that kind of thing. But, um, it, they catered to an international cuisine, if that makes yeah. any sense. We had some things that were clearly, there was a, a rather large Indian population on the ship. That's the other thing I loved about this. 26 nations represented and the U.S. was not in the majority. 
Wow, we were not that's fun. The majority. So we got to talk to a group of fourteen Polish people. We got to talk to twelve to fifteen people, seventeen people that were in this party from India. Just lots of people coming from the world to see Antarctica. That's so cool. If you want to hear more of Rose's adventures, check her out on Saturday mornings. I always try to listen. It's Saturdays nine a.m. here on WTMJ. This is so fun, Rose. Thank oh, you so thanks, much, guys.